Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Talk Show. All right, and happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast form. November the 17th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our two at two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers in the supreme law of the land, the blueprint for liberty, the Constitution for the United States of America. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth, and it is a freedom-loving faith-filled fantastic we're taking america back one heart one mind one issue at a time friday dr scott bradley freedomsrisingsun.com is in the mix with me today for both hours he's the founder and the chairman of the constitution commemoration foundation think about that the constitution commemoration foundation and he's also the author of an incredible book and dvd slash cd dvd cd series i'm going to call it a collegiate series uh, it's a lecture series called To Preserve the Nation. You want to learn more? Freedomsrisingsun.com. It's all in the traditions of the Founding Fathers, ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, you with me, Dr. Bradley? Welcome back, sir. I am here if you can hear me, I guess I should We can say. hear you. Sounds perfect. Right. Now listen to this. Uh, you know what? Mike Johnson is a lot better than many people give him credit for. He's a Christian. He's a family man. He loves his wife. Him and his wife have worked tirelessly for pro-life and many other causes. However, he doesn't have the greatest constitutional rating. So he's a good Christian, and he's a nice guy, and he's a good family man, but he may not understand the Constitution well enough. However, he's probably the best we're going to get out of the lot in Washington these days. And I'm not here to down Mike. I'm just here to kind of put a reality twist or perspective on who he is. Uh, You know, we can't say he's all awesome. We can't say he's all bad. For the most part, he's way better than bad he's a good guy now he needs some dr bradley-esque counseling and guidance on the constitution he needs surrounding uh advisors like sam bushman and scott bradley to to help him be true blue to the supreme law of the land his voting record proves it however he's done a lot of good and he's standing up for christians more than anybody else in congress than i that i see today so speaker i call him maga mike because that's what people are calling him because he just endorsed donald trump But MAGA Mike Johnson, speaker, silences NBC anchor with history lesson. Why? Because the reporter tried to weaponize prayer against him. The blaze with this piece, and there's a video with Mike's educational reality check on this. Let's play this and then talk about it. Here it is. It appeared uh, that you had on the floor uh, of Congress with a number of other uh, congressmen. And there is a question about the separation of of church and state. I think it was the first day that uh, you had been uh, sworn in. It appeared uh, that you were praying uh, on the floor uh, of Congress with a number of other uh, congressmen. And there is a question about the separation of of church and state. Uh, We often talk on this show about uh, folks, uh, about whether religion should play a role uh, inside a company, whether people should be allowed to, to pray inside a company. There's one thing to 
to pray outside and, and to have your faith, and, and, and there's a great importance in that. But how do you think about that, and how do you think about the public perception of that? Listen, faith, our deep religious heritage and tradition, is a big part of what it means to be an American. When the founders set this system up, they wanted a vibrant expression of faith in the public square because they believed that a general moral consensus and virtue was necessary to maintain this grand experiment in self-governance that we created, a government of, by, and for the people. We don't have a king in charge. We don't have a middleman. So we've got to keep morality amongst us so that we have accountability. And so they, they wanted faith to be a big part of that. The, the separation of church and state is a, is a misnomer. People misunderstand. Standard. Of course, it comes from a phrase that was in a letter that Jefferson wrote. It's not in the Constitution. And what he was explaining is they did not want the government to encroach upon the church, not that they didn't want principles of faith to have influence on our public life. It's exactly the opposite. Washington said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And John Adams came next and he said, our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. They knew that it would be important to maintain our system. System. And that's why I think we need more of that. Not an establishment of any national religion, but we need everybody's vibrant expression of faith because it's such an important part of who we are as a nation. Dr. Bradley, you want to respond to that? I think he did a mighty fine job in pulling that little putts out, pulling his little putts's head out of his butt. But most Americans don't understand that baseline principle. I mean, if you think about this, I mean, let's go back. I always go back. Uh, yeah. When Congress met for the first time, they knelt in prayer. This was an absolute thing. In uh, December of, two th I mean, of uh, 1804, um, John Hargrove was asked by joint bodies of Congress, House and the Senate, to give an address on Christmas Day before them. Uh, they assigned him the topic, the second coming of Christ and preparing for the Judgment Day. The Americans were interested in preparing for the Savior's return. This is stuff that is as deep and wide as everything that has to do with America. Our very foundation is based upon everything that happened to bring this nation about is overarched and undergirded by a religiosity that was in the hearts of the people. And uh, Mega Mike did a pretty good job of telling this kid in a very, very brief way that, that, that they were wrong. But uh, we've talked about this. It's been some time. In 2016, uh, Barack Obama's uh, U.S. Civil Rights Commission met and talked about religious liberties. And they put out a 296-page document. I've reviewed that document. Bottom line, 296 pages. They want the government to define religion and religious liberties as narrowly as possible so that the other overriding rights that governments create will will supersede religious liberties. They're, they're trying to pour this into a segment where, oh yeah, you can worship, go, go to church or synagogue or temple or wherever on, on Sunday or whatever day you go. Well, unless we declare that. not to by edict and mandate, then don't go either. Just go to lap dances in the bar, but don't go to church, okay? Well, that's the COVID response. I mean, that's churches right. were shut down. The religious liberty in the nation which, was which destroyed. Which just proves their real goal is to narrow the definition in the courts, narrow the definition of Congress, mock everybody out of the public square, lock you down whenever they want to, and you don't have any right to worship at all. Religious liberty is absolutely on the chopping block. They mock folks for wanting to book burn pornography, but they're literally book burning everything that relates to religion in every element that they have control over, Doctor. You know, uh, there's uh, 
it's been around for quite a few years, uh, since the 60s anyway, a statement that was made, and I, I quote it often. It's, if America is destroyed, it may be by Americans who salute the flag, sing the national anthem, march in patriotic parades, cheer the 4th of July speakers, normally good Americans, but Americans who fail to comprehend what it is required to keep our country strong and free, Americans who have been lulled away into a false security. Now, in many ways, Mega Mike's there. I mean, he may be on point on this religious liberty thing, and if they held prayer on the on the floor of the house, good on them, okay? And if they, got, if they invited anybody and everybody to join with them, fantastic. That was the way it was. But all of these other things that are out there, the internationalism that Mega Mike seems to be tied into, the uh, the military thing, the ties to and, and this is and this is where Doctor I say he may be a great Christian. I'm sure he's a good family man. I'm sure he cares and believes. I mean that kind of praying in Congress, literally then defending it publicly like he did. I mean he shut that guy down. Okay. Yeah. The guy's a good guy. Mike Johnson's a good guy. I just don't think he understands the landscape of the Founding Fathers and the Constitution, the supreme law of the land, well enough to really be on the right side of certain issues. We need to surround him with the right people who understand the know and can help him get caught up. Now, his quote of the Founding Fathers says he knows quite a bit, but obviously, uh, in my view, uh, not enough. For example, you should not have flat out funded this kick the can down the road when we're $33 trillion in debt. You should have said no. We're going to start with a zero-based budget, and we're going to pass constitutional line items, one clear, single-issue bill at a time. And you know what? We can get through a lot of them if we know they're constitutional. We don't need a lot of debate. And the ones that are questionable, we can put on hold. And we can fund a lot of the government without shutting down anything. We're simply funding the proper role of government. We hold the purse strings. You guys have weaponized it against us and got us $32, $33 trillion in debt. We will no longer allow the purse strings to be weaponized. I'm in charge now, and we're going to only pass constitutional bills. Now, we're not leaving for Christmas. We're not leaving for Thanksgiving. We're not leaving for any of those things. I'm sorry, families of congressmen and women. But you know what? You've betrayed us for decades. It will not happen anymore. And I'm going to stay here every day and pass bill after bill after bill that are constitutional, one line item at a time. And if it's not constitutional, it's gone. Or if we can't crash the plane, in other words, you've got to fund it, even though it's unconstitutional because you've made promises, then we're going to put together a sunset or an extraction plan. We're going to pass it with that in mind. The complicated bills will leave for last uh, and will only fund constitutional government. You could literally, with probably... A hundred quick single-item bills fund the majority of necessity. And if Senate stops it, you just simply say, we control the purse strings, and that's what you've got. You either pass it and keep government open, or you don't, Joe. You either pass it and keep government open, or you don't, Senate. But we've done our job. And to prove it, we're not going home for Thanksgiving. We're not going home for Christmas. To prove it, we're here till it gets solved. Don't you dare say we're shutting down government that is a lie and i'm telling you if enough congressmen and senators stuck together and put that in the media and then partnered with us in the alternative media we could carry the day skip the break dr bradley your response well you know your your approach is absolutely essential i think and and you know for all of his faults ronald reagan had the ability to take the message to the people 
I mean, he was the great communicator. I mean, he was an actor. He knew how to read a script, and, and he could put the right emphasis on it, you know. And, and he did a great job. And I think if the American public had this uh, war taken to them, you know, in a, the manner that you've been talking about, the, the people would say, no, 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 this, yeah, okay, let's do it this way. You know, you know what? I have respect for the House that will not recess for Thanksgiving and will not reset for Christmas. This issue is important. They are taking it as important. They have passed these, and you tell them, you know what, 191 bills we've passed that fund the proper role of limited constitutional government. We've got to get a handle on spending is why we're doing this. But it's the Senate that won't pass it. It's the, it's Joe that won't sign it. It's And you got to put... You could put the emphasis on where it belongs. You could force the media to go along. The new media, there's enough of us to tell the story and either leave the mainstream press behind or force them to admit the truth. This could be done, but it's going to take guts. What in my plan has a hole in it, doctor? Well, okay, I'm not trying to poke any holes in anything. The Senate does have the right to amend. When a bill comes over from the House, you know, the House starts the funding bills and everything. The Senate can amend, but if it comes That's back right. over to the House and they say, and well, we simply you guys say, if it's it. constitutional, we've already passed you a constitutional one. Uh, you just made it unconstitutional. It's DOA. Here's our original Constitution uh, approved bill. We're sending it back. Don't give us back anything else unconstitutional because we will reject it. Now, you can say that we're the bad guys because we rejected it, and you lie. You added a bunch of unconstitutional spending that we will not tolerate. You betrayed our one issue, one bill at a time, so people can up and down know what we stand for, and we're not tolerating it. Here's the bill again. And you can simply ignore the Senate's uh, unconstitutional revisions and, quote, you know, send back to us plan. You could rule that day. You could say, no, we control the purse strings. You don't. You have the right to amend something. That's right. But we can also tell you that it's unconstitutional, and we're not passing it. We're not. And so, therefore, you're the ones holding it up. The original bill is constitutional and will fund government. Get to it, Senate, and get to it now because you've got government shut down over it. So you got to have bold, direct, clear people that educate along with stand tall, doctor. And absolutely, that's the way the system is to work. It, it gets back, you don't like it, you rip it out, you start over, whatever, and, and you get back and forth until they know you mean business. Now, Here's kind of the problem with with Mega Mike. He's already fooled everybody, or or at least failed. I don't know how to put it exactly. On some of these international things, where in the heck did these multi-billion-dollar bills come from? In the midst of a, a budget shutdown and in the midst of a uh, an economic crisis of debt and everything like that, where did these international authorities come from? Well, the from answer is he's deceived into believing that he has to be an Israel ally. That's the lie. That's the problem. He was proving his bona fides, if you will, to the establishment. I am with Israel, so just keep your hands off of me, and I'm good to go. And that's where I'm really worried. See, people that forget their constitutional process based upon some expediency that they, they perceive in their own minds, it's, it's a big problem. So, so he's got to be pure himself. He can't say, oh, yeah, this, this multi-billion dollar bill for Israel is, is an exception. It's not an exception. Now, by the way, the kick the can down the road things that they did did not include, you know, where they extended out the laddered uh, continuing resolution, did not include any funding for either Israel or Ukraine. I suspect there'll be some monkey business that goes into this thing 
in the near term because they feel like it's okay, we'll do exceptions to these things. And you know what? The Ukraine war has kind of fallen out of uh, the news a little bit. But to tell you the truth, it's still raging. And and uh, people are begging at the doors, I'm confident. Sam, what was it, six, seven years ago, we were we tried to get into every office in the House and the Senate, in their business offices, if you will. I nearly got arrested, by the way, in Harry Reid's office. They were very unhappy that I was there. But at any rate, we tried to get in every single office and say, why don't you follow the Constitution? You remember those days. And I'm here to tell you, I observed firsthand the beggars on the doorstep of every single one of these people. People praying for largesse from the government, meeting with the senators and congressmen. I got put on hold while they met some constituency that came in that wanted some special largesse, some some lever of the government to be pulled on their behalf for their little special group. There are people beating down the doors constantly there. Now, we were kind of trying to beat the doors down, if you recall, and the idea was let's just keep our actions within the constitutional limits. But what I observed as I walked the hallways of Congress, we didn't get in every House and Senate door. As you know, we ran out of time. But but the fact of the matter is we got information into every House and Senate office. And and the plea was let's restur- return and restore. But, but you know what? They got the welcome mat out for these people. I mean, I was in – I mean – there's people now, I understand, I haven't been in uh, their offices since they were elected, but there's people there that fly uh, different nationality flags. I mean, I was in one office when we were there that had the Mexican flag up. It was a, a congressman from, from Texas that uh, I thought I was in a another country when I came in his office, literally. The pictures he had up of old Mexico and the, the Mexican flag and the, I mean, it was like he knew where his bread was buttered. His his uh, constituency was largely people that had crossed the border and were there illegally, I'm guessing. But these people play, pander and play for re-election constantly, and they think they get re-elected by putting uh, out goodie boxes for people that want to come in and, and, yeah, I'll get that in the next bill. Yeah, what do you, well, boy, I'll tell you, I'll work on getting that passed. They make all sorts of promises, and but that's how people get into 33 and three quarters trillion dollar debt that's admitted. If you look at the unfunded stuff, yeah, let's talk about that just for a second. Unfunded liabilities I looked at recently, $211 trillion, okay? The total assets in America are $220 trillion. Total, total, total. We're approaching it's the out point of control. where our, our, our promises to pay will shortly exceed if we sold everything out and put it to it we yeah well, in other words we'll never off. pay it back is the problem no and i and no. i i want to i want to separate this because i want to always focus on principle dr bradley i don't want to attack people so you know what i appreciate the blaze for reporting about uh, mike johnson uh, i i praise anybody who stands with mike johnson in terms of prayer for this nation uh, i stand with mike johnson to shut down the reporter to to try to perpetuate the lie of separation between church and state. I commend uh, Johnson for standing up on that. And even though I have problems with a lot of things Mike Johnson's doing, kicking the can down, I want to take each issue one at a time, and I want to give praise and credit where credit's due, and I want to give concern and highlight the problems with the bad actions. 
Whenever it's good, I want to support it and make it popular. Whenever it's bad, I want to reject it. I don't want to attack people. I want to be civil, but I want to explain why it's wrong. So clearly when it comes to prayer, good for Mike. When it comes to backing this international uh, foreign aid or corporate welfare, or government wealth, international welfare, whatever you want to call it, shame on them for that. When it comes to kicking down the can down the road from economics, pretending that, hey, we just need time to work on this, bogus. You're not taking the right approach. Because what are you going to do between now and January? You're going to go home is what you're going to do, Mike. And all your colleagues are going to go home. And you're going to come back on I don't know when, the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, who knows. And you're literally going to waste almost a month. And then you're going to come back and say, oh, my gosh, we got like nine days to get this thing fixed. And nobody can agree. We better kick the can down the road again. Or we better this or that. No, if you would have taken my plan from the second you took speakership. And the second you took speakership, I've been advocating for this plan. Even Vivek Ramaswamy highlighted it on the debate stage. So let's not pretend you don't know about it. Zero-based budgeting, that's what businesses do. Single-issue bills so we know where everyone stands, and you find out what's the most important piece of government that needs to be funded. And you prioritize bills, and you start passing them. And anybody who gets in the way of passing a constitutional bill, you need to go out into the public eye and get the court of public opinion with you to say, what on earth are these clowns doing? And, And you could do this, but not if nobody stands together. Not if nobody works together on this. Not if nobody really focuses and gets it done. All right. Anyway, shame on the uh, expenditures. But good on Mike for the prayer issue. And boy, do we need prayer in America. So I always want to be the guy, though, that highlights the good and the bad and gives credit when credit is due. And I want to make that which is good popular every time. And it is good to pray. And it is the historical um, precedent in our nation to pray. It is vital and critical. And if we don't, we're in real trouble. And if we do and we look to God, that's what makes us the greatest country on the face of the earth, doctor. Well, it is indeed. And I, you know, you do have to, you know, separate the good, the bad, and the ugly. I guess we're talking about good and the bad. And I guess I'm on the radio with you to qualify for the ugly part. I I guess I'm on the radio for that reason. You don't look good enough to be on. No, I don't look good enough to be on TV. But we do have to take the time to recognize the good that has happened while not uh, ignoring the things that are distracting in a very major way. I mean, there are fatal Amen. flaws. And I that's mean, why have- I always highlight the fatal flaws and say I'm against that. When Donald says, hey, let's, let's uh, stand for pro-life, when Mike Johnson says let's stand for pro-life, I'm in with them 100%. Now, when they then say, oh, let's increase the debt or let's force vaccinations on people, or no, I didn't force vaccinations on people, but all the governors did or all these other people did, and I didn't really blatantly tell them no, See, shame on them. But you know what? Even Donald Trump had promotion of religion. Uh, and good for him for doing it. And so whenever they do right, I support them. Whenever they do wrong, I reject them. And I think if we always follow that philosophy, we can be right on every issue. Not because we're right as persons, but because we stand on the moral side of the discussion, the religious side of the discussion, the God-ordained side of the discussion every time. And that's really where I always want to position myself and you say well sam whenever you promote say a mike johnson or a donald trump you're kind of endorsing their bad and my response is not if you pay attention to me i'm not i'm just giving credit where credit is due the fcc is out of control 
We'll talk about that next segment. They literally, ladies and gentlemen, think they're gods and kings. And they've got to stop. And I don't know how we think that the FCC gets to vote, because as far as I understand, the FCC commissioners uh, are what, appointed? How do you do that? Well, the FCC, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to think about this, and then we'll come back and talk about it. The FCC, they say, just voted to take control of the Internet, announces plans to resurrect net neutrality rules. This is disaster. We'll talk about it with Dr. Scott Bradley in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Corey Myers. The trial involving a former Kentucky police officer and the death of Breonna Taylor ends in a mistrial. Lance Pry explains. A mistrial was declared in the civil rights trial of Brett Hankinson, the former Louisville, Kentucky police officer, involved in the deadly and botched no-knock warrant raid involving 26-year-old Breonna Taylor in 2020. After four days of deliberations, a federal jury told a judge it was deadlocked and could not reach a verdict on the two-count indictment for deprivation of rights under the color of law. The temporary suspension of the gag order against Donald Trump in his civil business fraud trial has been granted by a New York appeals judge. Trump's legal team argued that the order infringes on his freedom of speech. The gag order was imposed after Trump made comments attacking the judge and his law clerk, and he's been fined twice for apparent violations of the order. Multiple reports say Israel and Hamas appear to be near a hostage deal. The deal would free 50 women and children for the return of Palestinian prisoners. The exchange would coincide with a three- to five-day ceasefire. I'm Dave Collins. President Biden said during the APEC CEO summit in San Francisco yesterday that a stable relationship between the U.S. and China is beneficial for the world economy. It makes sense to work together. We've committed to work together. We're going to continue our commitment to diplomacy, to avoid surprises, to prevent misunderstandings. He said that he had constructive discussions with Chinese President Xi Jinping on Wednesday, and both leaders agreed to reestablish military-to-military channels to mitigate the risk of miscommunication. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to OmahaSteaks.com and use promo 
code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each Pure Ground Burger so you can sample all the steak-on-a-bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. So disaster, they say the FCC voted to take control of the Internet. Yeah, they announced plans to resurrect net neutrality rules, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can't trust the government, the FBI, the Justice Department, or anybody else regarding the Internet. They already literally manipulated some of the big social media companies and literally committed fraud before the election. Uh, literally dishonestly, um, you know, they, they mocked us for peddling fake news, but it turns out they were all the fake news folks. Uh, Operation Mockingbird on absolutely steroids now. It's out of control. Uh, but, Dr. Bradley, look, how do these uh, – first off, the FCC is unconstitutional. Secondly, my question is, how do they do this? Is it advice and consent with the Senate? Uh, I read articles that say Joe Biden nominated these people to be on the FCC commission or FCC board. And then it's like, oh, senators uh, went ahead and um, you know gave consent or, or voted these people to be in or whatever else. And uh, where do they get all these rules for these unconstitutional agencies in the first place? And on one hand, I guess if Joe nominates and the Senate votes for them and then they become commissioners and they're kind of appointed slash advice and consented and then they vote and somehow their vote counts where do they get the authority to vote and change law or add law or they've now taken the place of congress in their own division it's regulation by i don't know what you want to call it star chamber appointed elected bureaucrats uh this is out of control and the whole internet's at stake doctor you know the fundamentals have got to be restored and, and abided by. It was uh, this Bravo Sierra was ended in 2017 under Trump uh, to to reverse all of that stuff, and then along comes Biden in in 2021. He signed an executive order that encouraged the FCC to reinstate those things that were ended under Trump. Um, so the vote that happened, I think, was almost a month ago. It was in the middle of October. Uh, voted 3-2. I mean, this is a, it's a split vote, folks. I mean, if that, that one person that gave them the three may have had reservations. Who knows? And so by a split vote of 3-2, they're going to reinstitute an unconstitutional regulatory process on the Internet. That's their impression. But they're, they're voting some... from an unconstitutional organization that they're kind of uh, somewhat appointed to as well. They're not the the all the alphabet soup organizations are unconstitutional. I will say that across the board. Okay, the uh, the Constitution, Article One, Section One says all regular all all uh, legislative authority is in the House and the Senate. They have no authority to create anything that is enforced as though it were law on the Americans. They have zero. Congress cannot redelegate that. They might have created them and says, we're giving them, we're delegating to them the authority to regulate our communications, blah, blah, blah. Congress cannot redelegate constitutionally anything that was delegated to them by the people through the Constitution. 
Okay, it is simply, completely, totally, and unequivocally unconstitutional. So there's going to be some hearings or some public comment and so on and so forth. I assume there's going to be some legal pushback, but the clowns that are running this program right now, uh, and that's pretty much everybody that's in a position of authority in the United States right now, and most of our states too, that that these people claim the authority to rule by fiat, and that's what this basically is. Verily thus saith the Lord. I mean, of course, they're the Lord and Master in this case, and and they do it. The king is not in charge of America, although we act like a president is, and that's what happened in 2021, this executive order that uh, that Biden put out that's saying, no, we got to go back to this government control of this. It, it, you know what? If it's a, uh, a private entity, they have no authority to do that. And it's, a, it's something that they have manipulated unconstitutionally, I might add, as you point out, during the COVID thing and during almost everything that they're doing now. They manipulate the narrative that's allowed to, to go through the, you know, the communication links in violation of the uh, First Amendment. I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. I had 1,500 videos that were expunged by YouTube because I didn't meet their criteria. And, and so, the poof, gone. I'm, I'm just done, toast. Trying to rebuild a lot of those things. I've, I've got a few hundred out there now again. But the fact of the matter is, all of this stuff, is collusion between government and and, uh, and private industry, first of all, what they did to me and to lots of other people on Twitter and all these other things. It's a fascist kind of approach, a government-private collusion on things that controls the liberty of the world. That's that's fascism by definition. Okay, So this business-government uh, arrangement is, is wrong. So now but literally, if they say, take over the Internet and Internet neutrality, they'll just shut you and I down. Doctor. Well, they could very well. They could. They and, could. And here's the interesting thing. They haven't been able to shut Sam Bushman down, and that's why I'm being relentlessly attacked. Because I don't depend on all the social media services. They can turn me off and I can laugh. I don't depend on big networks that can fire me for what I say. I own all my own stuff. But if they literally can turn off the Internet for people, in other words, Sam, you don't get an Internet connection, and or Sam, your Internet connection is metered and regulated to the point where your word can't go out, then they could shut me down, doctor. It's different now because it's not a matter of that I own my own stuff. It's a matter of they've got the kill. Let me say that again. The kill switch. They've got the kill switch. I repeated that on purpose so people understand. Kill is what I'm trying to highlight. They could literally kill my ability uh, to get out. And then if I say anything, they'll say, shut up, you're an enemy combatant because you're a terrorist. We've already reported that to Congress, see? Uh, You don't have any rights, Sam. That's where this is headed if we're not very careful, doctor. The whole point of the First Amendment in regards to the assembly and the speech and the press, of course, they got the religion stuff in there, too, and the petition stuff. But the other things were to maintain our liberty so other voices could be heard and raise the cry of warning, and so on and so forth. And so here's the deal. Now, it was, what, uh, a few weeks ago they did the FCC test of all the taking over your cell phones and your and your TVs and all this kind of stuff, and they ran that program. And, and we voiced the concern that maybe there's some embedded, uh, I don't know, something in that was sent out to maybe – be a signal ultimately to your communications devices to shut down or 
or act a different way, whatever. We don't know, and it's a conspiracy kind of theory anyway. I just heard yesterday that there's a a movement, I think they said the 21st of November, that's coming up here in about four days, that they're going to do a similar exercise. What? Why, why are they doing this? Why do they continue to uh, to meddle with things? Because uh, they the want to make sure the kill switch is foolproof, sir. Maybe. I don't know. But that that's the problem is that this thing with the FCC, uh, getting back to that, I think they're going to try and implement this next year after some public discourse on the thing that then the, there'll be the, all the legal pushback and everything. They don't have a shred of authority to do what they're saying they're going to do. There is none. Zero. Nada. But the fact of the matter is we keep acting like it and people keep, I mean, when when you ran a terrestrial radio station, you had an FCC license, didn't you? You had their yes, permission sir. to run the radio station. I mean, I remember back in the 60s, a lot of your listeners probably weren't even born then. There was a guy by the name of Wolfman Jack. I mean, he was a, a disc jockey. And he, th- I, he had a very, very high-powered radio uh, program. He broadcasted out of Mexico. That's totally right. Totally out, outside the, the bounds of the FCC regulation. And, and that's where and I cut I th- my teeth on radio back in the early 70s, Doctor. Okay, well, anyway, here's the deal. He, he delivered a message. I mean, I was in Montana working, and, and when the skip was right for the, you know, the atmosphere and the ionosphere and everything like that, I could get Wolfman Jack's uh, radio. I mean, it was like this was counterculture, baby, but, but it was a – what's wrong with something like that? And Wolfman Jack was, you know, they're saying, man, we'd like to get our hooks into him. We'll put him out of business. He was in Mexico. They couldn't. Mexico had more freedom then than the FCC was allowed. I think the largest or the highest power radio station, terrestrial radio station that they allow in America is like a 50,000 watt. That's right. There's only a handful of those. And he cranked out with 100,000 watts right over the border, buddy, and broadcasted. I can't remember how many, like 17-plus Western states or something. It was crazy back in the early 70s. And listening to Wolfman Jack is kind of where I got my uh, desire for radio, saying, you know what, that's something I can do. And I I won't even do it on the radio now, but I actually do a Wolfman Jack impression. (laughs) Just kind of like my Bill Clinton impression. Anyway, I do a yeah, Jack right. impression too. So there you go. Okay, but well, anyway, the FCC. <laughs> but your point's well taken that they've been at base. this. This is They're Operation Mockingbird, uh, literally in modern day. That's on steroids, doctors. What we're really talking about. It is, and and it's government regulation. There has no authority whatsoever to do. We've got to spread the word. I mean, I got to do more research on what I was told yesterday about this twenty first of, Fe- of uh, November thing. But uh, I'd, I'd like to find out if they're going to again seize control of our communications devices so I can be shut down and ferrety caged again. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Hang tight. Quick commercial. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live with Dr. Scott Bradley, yours truly on your radio. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. 
and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Constitutional FCC wants to absolutely take control of the internet, including implementing their kill switch. Ladies and gentlemen, you think their manipulation of the social media people was uh, bad, and it was, and it is. You ain't seen nothing yet if they get literal control of the kill switch by mandate and edict. Unconstitutional as all get out. But Dr. Bradley, it could have been easy for uh, MAGA Mike Johnson and the team to shut this down. They could have simply said, hey, there is no funding for the unconstitutional FCC. They're out of control. They want to manipulate the Internet. Uh, they voted to do so unconstitutionally. We are absolutely going to completely 100% defund the FCC. And if they had enough Republicans to stand together, they could have got that done. Could have, would have, should have, oughta. And you I could say, well, wait a minute. Senate would never go along with it. The president would never sign it, doctor. And my response is, who cares? You don't need them to. The purse strings are held by the House, and they could just simply say, we're not going to fund it. There's nothing else anybody else can do, doctor. Well, leave it out of any funding bill. You know, remove the rights. Right. It's, it's a complicated process. We, you know, there's some the nuances you got to understand. But the fact of the matter is. Yeah, like slush funds everywhere bill, that they could rob to keep it alive, that kind of stuff. But you're right. Well, there's a lot of those kind of things. And. And all sorts of discretionary funding. They, but the president can't spend any money. You know, uh, the the Constitution specifically says you cannot spend money that was not legally passed the way it's required. Okay. In other words, you can't just repurpose money anytime you want to. And if the president does, they should say not only are we not funding the FCC, but now we're going to impeach the president because he literally misused public funds. Right. Well, Article One, Section Nine, Clause Seven. Okay. No money shall be drawn from the Treasury, but in consequence of appropriations made by law. There okay, you go. so leave it out of your next funding bill. Don't put it in there. Shut it down. Yeah, NPR's I mean, gone. FCC's gone. They won't take control of the Internet anytime soon. But see, nobody has the guts to even bring up the things that I'm bringing up and talking about them and educating the public about the opportunities and the options. You could have millions of Americans say, we agree. And you could literally, in the court of public opinion, force this discussion into the media uh, and everything. And if you had enough people to stand together strong, our greater numbers, as Dr. Bradley always teaches, could rule the day. If we wanted it to, we don't have a democracy, but we do have absolute American influence on the outcome of what happens via our elected representatives. And if you don't vote to shut down the FCC after they want to control the Internet, if you don't vote to shut down NPR and some of these other things, we will absolutely remove you and elect somebody who will. It's that simple. And what we don't have in America is Americans standing together. But here's what's happening while we're all literally debating all this stuff. You ready, doctor? I'm going to try to be ready. All right. <laughs> Wall Street, well, they're a little concerned about the inflation. They're a little concerned about the money going south, becoming worth less and less and less and less. They're very, very concerned. So here's what they're planning to do about it. This is a word for the wise. You ready? 
Wall Street is moving to buy up U.S. farmland in hopes that it will be a safe hedge against inflation and concerning economic conditions, Reuters. So now Wall Street's buying up farmland because they're concerned that their their, their money uh, under their mattress or wherever else the heck it is, uh, is going to just absolutely melt down. So they're going to buy farmland as a hedge to protect their investments, doctor, all over the country. Hundreds of thousands of acres. Millions of okay, acres. Th- there's a lot of angles to play on this thing. I wish there were time to talk about all of them. One of them is... Bill Gates is doing this, and we don't know his nefarious that. scheme, but he also does a lot of In fact, of they say that, he's the biggest single personal farm land owner in the country. Okay, so so land is another aspect of this. It's like gold. It's a tangible asset, and, and they're not making any more of it, and uh, and so there is there is some Well, God is, saying, just on other planets, that's all. Well, okay, fine, but the fact is they can't get their mitts on that at this point. That's right. But the fact the fact of the matter is, though, that uh, that it's a tangible asset, and there's some wisdom in owning tangible assets. And you have Brian Rust on regularly to talk about this kind of stuff. So, so they're saying that. But here's the other side of it, though. There's a huge effort to control and contain private ownership. And this is yes, where sir. I have my biggest concern. And Blackwater and State Street, some of these big investment firms, have been, uh, well, a year or a year and a half ago, they were buying up sight unseen every house that came on the market. That's a little overstatement, but not much. Sight unseen, no inspections required, we'll pay cash. Oh, we'll give you more than your asking price. And the prices were being driven up. The idea is, I think, the Klaus Schwab idea that you will own nothing, but you'll be happy. See, if young people, we talked about this earlier, if young people cannot buy their first house, if you can't afford to rent because these big Blackwater State Street investment firms have bought up all of the housing and they are jacking the prices. So, you know, we may be intense. I don't know if you can find a place to p- pitch it. Maybe that's where they and, already and, are. In and then what they'll say, though, is, oh, we got to have rent price controls because this is out of control. And then the government's the only answer to the Hegelian dialectic that they perpetuated for that outcome. So you can kind of see how this could be a, a really bad web that's being woven for us right now. But there is some semblance of, of, of logic in this thing. If you own a tangible asset when the fiat money and the paper stock market and everything, and it will, it'll all fail. The fiat money and the paper stock market and everything's going to fail. It will, ultimately. And, and this is where paper money, fiat money, ultimately leads to. It dies in people's hands. It's just no longer there. And, and Jefferson, well, all the founding fathers spoke eloquently, powerfully about, about this tangible asset stuff. If you can own your land, if you can own your, you know, exchange things. I mean, gold and silver have been for thousands of years. You know, they, they're divisible. They're, they're uh, tangible worth. They they don't uh, you know they don't just you can't create them out of thin air. They're they're limited and scarce in their supply. All of those things that go into making tangible money really worth something is something paper doesn't. You can print and ink and and uh, computer input uh, to uh, you know click of a button and you got money in the banking system now. But if you've got tangible assets, I think that there's something to be said about some safety to you. Now, ultimately, Amen finding, to that. well, food and clothing and shelter and safety, Fuel. you're going to have higher value. 
too. Ultimately. And fuel and safety and land and oh, gold and silver and asset-based reality checks are the answer, no doubt. But Wall Street, if you want to follow their example, they know where they're getting good and they're buying land like you wouldn't believe right now. And I thought I'd highlight that. That's according to Reuters. If you don't believe me, go check it out. Final story before the end of the hour, Doctor, and I find this very interesting. Do you remember who former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin is? Do you remember who that guy is? I do. He was the uh, George Floyd guy, and he had evidence withheld from his trial. Well, that's the whole topic right now. Here's the headline. He charges that he was deprived evidence of real cause of Floyd's death. He appeals the civil rights violations and his conviction as a result of this. Um, I guess the deal is this. The evidence is outlined as a determination from a, quote, Kansas doctor by the name of William Sheetzel, explaining that after a review of the Floyd autopsy records and information, he believes Floyd died from a, quote, complication from a, quote, rare tumor that can trigger an adrenaline surge or rush that can be fatal. And Floyd, in fact, had multiple underlying health and drug issues at the time he died. And so now Chauvin, or this guy, guy, uh, Officer Derek Chauvin, Uh, is literally saying, hey, my court case needs to be overturned. Now, the reason that I highlight this the way I do, doctor, is because this is the same thing that happened to Ammon Bundy, which is they withheld exculpatory evidence. They tried to lie and get a conviction. Thank heavens in Ammon's case, Ammon was good enough to bring enough out to the court to where they panicked, and there was enough whistleblowers to change the game, and the judge said, hey, Criminal activity by the FBI and the Justice Department. They withheld exculpatory evidence. Uh, there's basically virtually a mistrial, and Ammon walks free. I think Ammon was not guilty of anything anyway, but that's what happened because they didn't want more information to come out. Same thing with Stuart Rhodes. They're, they've now withheld exculpatory evidence in his case, which we've talked about big time, where the even cops for the Capitol lied about where they were and made up false stories and narratives that was withheld from the court. And now we're seeing the same thing happening to Derek Chauvin. We can't trust the government at all every time they lie and withhold evidence and manipulate and convict people. And after the fact, we find out facts that change the whole game, doctor. Well, that's kind of what we're hoping for is a restoration of the original intent of the American founding fathers where, uh, you know, there's discovery that happens in trials and, and there's a, a sharing of, of information that will be brought up and and there's nothing held back, and people are are not uh, railroaded through on a star chamber kind of conviction that uh, that basically it was foregone conclusion from the beginning. I mean, all the January sixth stuff went that way. I think most Amen. of the the big cases now that you hear so much about the Ammon Bundy thing is just one of many. But uh, but that's the problem is that there's same thing with Charlottesville that happened to the conservatives. The liberal thug rioters walked free and all the conservatives got thrown in jail and false pretenses and withholding of evidence and everything else. Absolutely. The, The problem is it's a biased system. And as we've talked about so many times, the American founding tradition of justice, if there was a bias at all, it was a bias in favor of the accused. 
that was intended to help prevent, uh, you know, the, the conviction of, of people that weren't guilty. And that's why the whole grand jury system was originally set up, so that they could pre-examine what the evidence was against the person. And, and if, the, uh, if the grand jury was honorable and honest and, and had full disclosure, they could return no bill, if you will. They could say, no, there's no smoke, there's no fire, we're not going to do this. The individual was prevented from having to go to trial at all and face all of the, the downsides of that, the attorney fees. Or oftentimes the, the there is smoke and there is a fire, but the government set the fire and that's why there's smoke. That, uh, that's exactly why we have these provocateurs that were throughout. I mean, it was in Ammon Bundy's case. It was in the G6, you know, the January 6th stuff. These provocateurs that were there that were saying, oh, they, I mean, the Oklahoma City bombing, the Randy Charlottesville, case, Charlottesville, all of these things have an awful lot of undertow there where there were government agents that were pro- there were provocateurs in trying to get things that the uh, wicked witch of the of Michigan, I think, what's her name, Gretchen, what's her name? Anyway, the governor, Whitmer, uh, Whitmer. She, uh, th- they, there were provocateurs that were working with these guys that couldn't set off a firecracker. Well, in their and and those guys just wanted were... to try to commit a peaceful citizen's arrest because they feel like she was violating her oath, uh, and then that all backfired and it turned into kidnapping and went all south because of government provocateurs as well. Exactly. All of these things have bad fingerprints on them. Of the JFK assassination, I believe absolutely there were things that were going on there that had government agents at the highest level involved. I mean, I would not be a bit surprised to see the Bobby Kennedy assassination in 1968 had that too. All Amen. of these things need to be reopened and revisited. And by the way, that's something that uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. has uh, made comments on regarding reopening some of these things. And Amen. I think we should. Disclosure. I By the way, RFK, I, I emailed him and said, hey, let's do a radio interview. They wrote back and said, fill out a form, which I did, and I'm waiting for their response now. Keep praying, baby. All of your listeners need to pray. It would be so good. I wish that we could, I mean, I, I would like to have a respectful dialogue with the man. Amen. Because I believe he's honorable enough to answer questions and, and be straightforward with everybody. And we may not even agree on everything at the end. That's okay. True, true. That's okay, ladies and gentlemen. This is America. And ladies and gentlemen, we need to pray for this country. You want to know the best news, though? The good news is that Jesus Christ was resurrected. And as a result, he remains the living author of our liberty. We'll have greater liberty the more we keep the commandments of God Almighty. There is no other nation that teaches that so clearly, so succinctly, that has that as its core and its roots. We can be a light on a hill, and we need your help to make that happen. Thank you so much. I testify Christ lives, he loves us, and obedience to his commandments are the real solutions in America today. For Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, and yours truly, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic. <laughs>